Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Did you know that over 95% of all businesses fail within the first 10 years? By listening in to what Bob's guests have to say, plus direction from Bob Pritchard himself, it's our intention that you won't be among those statistics. Now, here's your host, Bob Pritchard. Hello, world. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show on Voice America Business Channel. We're broadcasting to over 60 countries. From the middle of the third most important centre in the world for entrepreneurs, startup angels, VCs and incubators. Well, actually, that's not quite true because I'm sitting here on the 18th floor of Aria in Las Vegas, looking across the Strip and the mountains. It's been a hot day today. It's about 110 or something. And uh, it's beautiful. The um, One of the most exciting technologies of recent years is called CRISPR, C-R-I-S. PR. And if you've not yet heard of CRISPR, it's one of those new genetic technologies that um, has the potential to radically change the way we approach and treat disease. CRISPR allows scientists to edit DNA with a precision and an efficiency that no one's ever been able to achieve before. And that means that any aberrant genes that cause diseases like sickle cell anemia and uh, the mutations behind cancer might be snipped out once and for all. It's now been discovered that CRISPR may work in a way, a different way with many more diseases than we initially thought. And researchers have found a way to apply this gene editing technology, not only just to genes, but to proteins as well. And, uh, being able to use edit proteins vastly expands the diseases that CRISPR might help. So in simple terms, CRISPR is like an editing unit at a movie studio. You identify the strands of DNA that are defective and you simply splice them out. For example, just a couple of weeks ago, scientists announced that they'd removed HIV-1 from animals using CRISPR and after treating these animals, the results showed that HIV proteins have been excised from the liver, heart, spleen, lung, kidney, brain, and lymph- lymphocytes. I'm not sure what lymphocytes are, but the HIV gene had gone from those. So the changes CRISPR makes to genes in a cell are permanent. Now researchers report the first use of CRISPR on a more transient basis, where instead of altering DNA, they used CRISPR to alter RNA, which are the generic products, genetic products of DNA that turn into things like proteins, enzymes, and all of the other biological products that make the human body work. So this discovery greatly expands the ways that genetic editing can help treat diseases and CRISPR allows researchers to target specific portions of RNA and just simply snip them out. So what that means is that may eventually be possible to replace some drugs that people have to take sort of daily or weekly, just replace them with CRISPR RNA-based therapies. This will work with things like cholesterol, for example, Feng Zhang from the Broad Institute of of MIT and Harvard 
says he's pretty confident we'll have a good toolbox for using CRISPR RNA now. And the early results are very promising. So why isn't Fen Zhang as famous as, say, Alexander Fleming, who invented penicillin? Surely CRISPR will ultimately be of more benefit. Well, there is one hell of a patent fight going on to see who owns it for a start. Um, one patent team claim, claim comes from University of California, Berkeley, who initiated their patent application on the 25th of May 2012. But another team from the Broad Institute and Harvard began an expedited patent application on the 12th of December 2012. So it was seven months later, but it was expedited. So that was awarded first. So there's a fight about who actually owns it. Now, I would have thought that the um, decision's going to come down in favour of UC Berkeley, but we will see. But no matter who wins, it's pretty remarkable. So where are we going with free speech and so-called transparency? Have you heard about the um, Yelp-like app called People, which is P-E-E-P-L-E? This lets you rate um, people in the same way as you'd rate restaurants, you know, stars and all. This app encourages you to expose people's strengths, but really for vindictive people, it is a way to more likely publish their flaws or more likely one person's perception of their flaws for all to see on the unforgiving and more importantly unforgettable internet. It'll be there forever, even if they're totally misleading or even totally untrue. Um, to me, this is simply a reputation-destroying tool primarily designed for vindictive people who have their nose at a joint, perhaps people like Donald Trump. Can you imagine Donald Trump using this to absolutely slam anybody that he doesn't happen to like? And it's there forever. You can't get rid of it. Now, the developers of what I call an, this evil app describe people as a positive app for positive people. What the hell are they smoking? I'd love to go to the land where they're living in where everybody is it's all sweetness and light. In reality, a good chunk of the population blames everyone else for their shortcomings and is envious of the success of others. That's one of the reasons that I love entrepreneurs. You know, entrepreneurs are overwhelmingly positive. They want to help others succeed. They don't spend their life like a lot of miserable people do, trying to pull other people down to their level. So people let users rate members of their family, their friends, other parents at their kids' school, neighbours, employers, business partners, um, spouses, bosses, lovers, former lovers. You can, you can rate absolutely everyone. And you can do it without having their consent or even their knowledge. The only redeeming future feature 
and then it probably doesn't matter very much, is that you have to use your real name. There's no hiding behind anonymity or a pseudonym. The three rating categories are professionally, personally, and romantically. To use this ridiculous free app, you have to be 21 and have a Facebook account. You also need to know the person you are apprising's cell phone number to add them to the people's database. This should also throw up a million red flags and without stringent controls could also lend itself to flagrant abuse. So all you have to do is select your mark, select somebody you don't like, the person you want to praise or destroy and give them between one and five stars. Then you can write whatever you want about the object of your approval or your dislike. These entrepreneurs allow you to totally demolish somebody's reputation, but to show that they are not totally evil, you are not allowed to use profanity, sexism, or dredge up someone's private health conditions. So you can totally fabricate a plausible case against someone, which is absolutely fictitious, and that's fine. But it's a total no-no to mention anyone who has AIDS and is out there having unprotected sex. I mean, how fucking stupid is that? Now, in my view, this will cost jobs, split families, encourage cyberbullying, screw up marriages, ruin businesses. It'll destroy trust. It'll cause pain to people who don't deserve it. And it'll give satisfaction to the lowlifes out there in society. Everybody knows some people who complain about absolutely everything. People who never have a good word to say about anyone, you know, will go out to dinner with their so-called friends and as soon as they leave the table, they criticise them behind their back. Everybody knows those people. There's millions of them. And these miserable lowlifes will have a field day with this thing. They won't care if their names and their feelings are known. So if you're game enough to show up at a Trump rally, <laughs> then you're game enough to do anything. And having somebody know who you are is not going to put them off. I think there's going to be a lot of defamation suits happening. Great. I hope this. I hope the entrepreneurs that are involved in inventing this thing are included in those lawsuits. People, it, it, it just sounds like an internet playground for pond scum. Now, the entrepreneurs will tell you that they've set up lots of safeguards. For example, positive people ratings published right away, but, um, but negative ratings, they're held in private inbox for 48 hours to allow time for issuers, to, for any issues to be resolved between the parties. But if it's not a specific issue or the review is absolute total bullshit and if the parties can't come to an agreement, then the review posts anyway. People says on its website that if you can't turn a negative into a positive, the comment will go live and then you can go out and publicly defend yourself. 
Jesus. As anyone who's been a victim of cyber blackmail will tell you, getting information removed, no matter even if it is absolute total fabrication, is unbelievably difficult. So removing bad reviews of yourself is not an option. Anybody can rate you on people and there's not a damn thing you can do about it. If you've got a good memory, you may remember a thing called Lulu, which allowed women to rate men they've dated. Now, what a bloody disaster that was. And lawsuits right, left and centre. Well, here's hoping that people enjoy the same level of lack of success. Now, if you're um, a regular listener to this program, you'll know that I was recently appointed the honorary president of the American Institute for Sales Marketing Management, which is the premier organization for business in the US. And if you're serious about being successful and you want to improve your skill level, your status and your network, you should definitely be a member of the American Institute for Sales Marketing Management. Management, put AISMM after your name. It's amazing how many doors that opens. So if you're not a member, you should be. So go to AISMM.us and join today. Now, over the past couple of weeks, I've been um, mentioning the two incredible Australian theatre company plays at the Matrix Theatre in on Melrose Avenue in Los Angeles. They have two great plays running day about with two brilliant Australian casts and uh, over the weekend I got to see both Speaking in Tongues and Reuben Guthrie which are the two plays they are both edgy they're both provocative they're both you know and everybody that's listening to this program knows how wonderful Australian actors are and how great Australian producers and directors are and uh, if you go through the who's who list of Hollywood, you know, it seems like half of them are Australians. Well, we've got two casts of absolutely brilliant Australian actors and uh, both shows were fantastic. I must admit, I liked uh, Speaking in Tongues, which I thought was sensational, but Reuben Guthrie was equally mesmerising. So do yourself a favour and get along. It's at the Matrix Theatre. It's uh, on um, Melrose. It's right near the corner of, of um, Fairfax, for those of you in Los Angeles, and it's brilliant. Now, I've got a special deal for Bob Pritchard Radio Show listeners. Go to australiantheatrecompany.com. Now, there's a trick here because theatre is T-H-E-A-T-R-E, so go to australiantheatrecompany.com, select the night you want to go, and you should really go to both, and uh, enter the code MATE20, M-A-T-E-20, and you will get tickets for 20 bucks. So get along and do that. It's a great thing to do. Now, today's guest is Philip Cook, and he's a business consultant focusing on new technology. And Philip's got a background in investment banking, but we won't hold that against him. He's a really good bloke and he's really smart. And uh, he's considered a serial investor in startup companies. And he's um, an inveterate risk taker. 
And Philip's at the forefront of developing applications for the blockchain technology. Now, we've talked a lot about blockchain technologies, mainly Bitcoin and Ethereum. And this is a very interesting conversation. So I will be back with Philip immediately after this break on the Voice America Business Channel. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show on Voice America Business Channel. Now, I love this part of the show because this is where we get to talk to extraordinary people. And people are located all over the planet people that have enjoyed great success, people who disrupt how business is done. You know, we're going through a time of huge disruption and uh, the world's going to be a totally different, well, the business world's going to be a totally different place in 10 years than it is now. It's very interesting that Singularity University, which is um, in Northern California and is a essentially funded by all the big tech guys so that they can anticipate what is going to happen in the future or what they think is going to happen in the future, say that over the last 15 years, we've only gone 1% of the technology revolution. Now, think about all the changes that have happened in the last 15 years, and we've gone 1% of the revolution. What is interesting is that they say that in the next 15 years, we're going to go the other 99%, which means, if you're a mathematically minded person, that in 15 years' time, change will be happening at 2,500 times the rate that it is today. Have a think about that. So there's some amazing, extraordinary talented people in this world and uh, I like to speak to them because firstly I learn a hell of a lot and there's a lot that they can teach all of us. What we try to do in these interviews is to see if we can not only find out what makes them successful and what they've done that's been successful but what makes them tick. What are the characteristics that these people have that makes them great and how can each of us learn from listening to them. 
Now, my guest today is Philip Cook. And Philip, apart from being a bloody good guy, is a business consultant and he focuses on new technology. He's got a background in investment banking, but don't hold that against him, and is considered a serial investor in startup companies, and he's an inveterate risk taker. Now, I love risk takers. As you know, this show's all about entrepreneurs, and uh, we love them. We've discussed on this program many times, and it's mentioned again today, um, one technology that's about to really disrupt the status quo of business is blockchain. The potential changes to finance, real estate, share trading, banking, and a whole bunch of other industries, anywhere where there's a middleman that stands between the parties doing business is perfect for blockchain. Now, Philip's at the forefront of developing applications for this new technology, and I caught up with him in Thailand, where it's 10.30 at night. Philip, welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. How are you? Well, Bob, thank you. And yes, it is 10.30 at night, but I'm looking forward to having our conversation today. Now, we've covered blockchain on the program several times, but for the benefit of listeners who don't know what it is or may not know what it is, could you just give us a layman's simple example of what blockchain is? Well, that's, that's a very good question about know, trying to put it in a layman's <laughs> terms. I think, I, think it's, I think it's one of the challenges. Someone, someone somewhere will, will get a Pulitzer Prize for, for the description of blockchain. But it is very difficult, I agree. That's why I asked you. <laughs> essentially, um, think, think of it as the software of the world where the application that is built, the under, the resulting um, product, um, resides uh, everywhere and, and nowhere. And the benefit of this is that, for example, um, you're not reliant on servers, you're not reliant on um, uh, multi-user software applications. Um, it's um, accessible everywhere where you've got the, an internet. You can uh, connect between different um, uh, blockchain products um, more easily so that you can actually build um, a, 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 I'm sorry, um, build a product that is able to be transferable uh, without interruption. But the key, the key thing is that you, you get between various parties, a provenance, uh, the ability to know that no one can um, tamper with a particular piece to, uh, of software, delete it, for example, or delete an application or delete a contract, because there will always be a trail of it and it will always be able to be regenerated. And these ultimately um, will deliver the benefits uh, that is not found in normal software. I I think that's really the key. I think the key is well. Firstly, it's it's immediate and it's directly between the two principles and hasn't got all these middlemen in the way. Um, it's um, you can't make errors because it's all automated. There's nobody in the middle fucking it up. And I think the other thing is that the other important thing is that it can't be deleted. It can't be changed. Once once it's done, it's there forever. And you can't go in and 
hack it or do anything else to change it. And I think that's that those things are really critical. Well, even if it was hacked on one computer, for example, because of its structure, the the contract, the detail of it, resides elsewhere. So you can, it is always recoverable. In other words, it's it's immortal. I think is is a, is a good way of putting it. But if, but if you take it, for example, um, the the recent ten years with the collateralised debt obligations on on real estate, um, and the fact that no one actually knew what was going on. If, if if you couldn't, you could could not cre- recreate that circumstance with a blockchain contract, and you could not then have a contract that didn't have some underlying properties to it that you could trace to it. Yeah. Um, and and I think these things are the things that we will see. We're seeing today in the Internet of Things where um, there are. Uh, companies already delivering fridges with different products, um, locks, home security, blah, blah, blah. But all of these things are able to be hacked into. You can develop the same processes using blockchain and they could not be able to be hacked into. Yeah, this is, I find I find this amazing and we've covered this we covered this on the program where it's ex- extraordinary that people put all these protections on their computer yet you can hack into most houses simply by going through their toaster. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. You know, I think that well, you see it in, in, in the fact that yeah, servers are able to be hacked. I think Hillary Clinton has a problem there. Um, you know, you're able to get into people's privacy. The the authenticity of things are not obvious. Um, whereas uh, this, in this way, the the unauthorized intervention uh, of, of outside parties actually becomes impossible. Yep. And I think that, that's the biggest thing, which brings trust. It, it, um, it allows for applications to be built that operate across countries, across um, regions um, with more security. And when you do these types of things, you will then find that all sorts of processes or applications will change um, and, and, and the integration of all of those things will become more easy in the future. Yeah, I agree. So you've developed a um, company called the IoT, which is, of course, Internet of Things Chain Corporation. What what was the motivation to develop that? Simply a love for blockchain, or no? Well, actually, um, uh, just to be truthful, um, we I didn't. I, yes, I understood about Bitcoin, and I understood about uh, what was happening with Ethereum, but I I hadn't actually took the time to um, discover um, the opportunities. And um, it came about when a, a friend of mine, he actually owns a car hire business, um, a, a, someone came to him and wanted to pay with Bitcoin. He rang me and said, what's Bitcoin? And um, I thought, that's, that's an interesting thing for allowing for all the things that have been happening in the world. Mm. And then I, I, I sat down with um, my uh, partner, um, who was a programmer, right. and said, we've got all of these existing programs and applications today, and many of them, if not all of them, have no capacity to, in the first instance, accept Bitcoin or Ethereum as a payment vehicle, and to be able to then develop other forms of, uh, of contracts. Um, so we, for ex- and with that, we didn't regard, I had one company, um, uh, Spotty Smile, um, 
came to me and said, we, we would like to have our clients pay us in, in Bitcoin. So we're developing how that can happen for them. Uh, I, I then went out and we, we, we looked at other people that I do business with and interact with. And we, we saw the opportunities for debt and equity management of uh, property companies, um, carbon credits, um, share issuance. Uh, if we have a, a mining company who uh, saw the opportunity that they would like to receive payments for the selling of their shares in, uh, in, in bitcoins. Yeah. Um, so these, these types of things opened my eyes to the opportunity. So we started to actually look at how to develop shall we say, the bricks and mortar um, economy and turn it into um, the future economy. Yeah, I think we've discussed this before, but I think the big one has got to be share trading. Jeez, you know, 10% of all share trades, and you think of the billions of share trades every day, there's been some sort of screw-up, and that screw-up is um, man-made. And to be able to connect the company share register with the seller directly and have everything memorialised forever and unchangeable, I think it, it would speed up transact. I mean, it's just a monster sitting there waiting for somebody to tackle it. Um, more and more people are actually taking Bitcoin. Uh, there are some Starbucks in America that'll take Bitcoin, um, but um, it, it's fairly limited at the moment. But you know, I think Ethereum's the big one. I'm a shareholder in Ethereum, of course, so I'm <laughs> a little biased. But uh, I think Ethereum's going to be a monster. Um, I think you're right. And I think you're right for, in relation to the Bitcoins uh, as well because one, Bitcoin and Ethereum or Ether um, are imminently subdividable and, and, and it is easy to be able to um, settle transactions um, and to be able to pass uh, the, the components between parties A and B. I, I think it ultimately, uh, it'll become many, it'll become another component of, of our day-to-day dealings. We, we don't have to pay in cash. There are other, other components. Yeah, I think it's sensational. So with the potential applications of Bitcoin being so numerous, um, IoT Chain Corporation, where where are you initially going to focus? Well, we're actually, um, to, to be able to build up our experience base, we're actually going to focus on the four clients that we have and, and um, build, build our base of expertise to um, build our, our, our base of um, uh, software um, around those four clients and, and learn, learn more. I think that it would be not right to say that we are Expert, that's not the case. Uh, I think today we are we are in a learning mode, and we have to learn fast. And um, we've decided that um, some areas that we could become experts in, and the handling of um, contracts between party A and party B, like in the share issuance or a carbon credit sale, or um, the the sale of um, components of a lease of, of a property. These are things that I think. Uh, are good to do because they are global and the, and the problems are the same everywhere. Sure. And that, that's what we want to focus on. We don't want to try and focus on something that's so esoteric that we can't replicate it. So we're looking at those those things. Have you thought about... Um, I've got a friend who... Uh, well, not really a friend, but a, a, an acquaintance that is um, um, pretty high up in the Bitcoin chain. 
and uh, has been working pretty much exclusively on Bitcoin for probably five years. If you thought about sort of roping in somebody, a Bitcoin superstar, if you like, into into the corporation, um, I know they're probably expensive, but with 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 a corporation, there's, you can always use stock and stuff to attract them. Be an interesting addition. In fact, it's what we're what we're trying to do at the moment. And if, 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 certainly, and if you've got some recommendations, we'd love to talk to someone. We're actually uh, intending to um, uh, raise some money from from outside parties, yep. um, and and then of course use um, a participation to be able to have people buy in. We're, we're actually have approached a number of um, uh, Ethereum and, um, and and blockchain programmers on that same basis, so that we can build a team quickly, and right. certainly uh, to find an expert or a, a name with much more experience than us would be an, a very very positive thing. Yeah, I think uh, it, it, to me it seems a logical step. That would really put you ahead of most other people who are still sitting there saying, you know, blockchain's interesting, but, you know, all the banks are looking at blockchain, but they're so bloody slow they can't get out of their own road. Um, I, think, I think that's a very good point, but I agree with you. But it, I think the point with the banks is, is it validates where we will go. That We will get there sooner than they will, I agree. Oh, absolutely. But it's they're all investing money to understand this because they need to because if they don't, their entire business model disappears. Yes, absolutely. There's no justification really for having a middleman, which is all a bank is. There's no justification for it. And banks have always been... To my mind, banks have always lagged. It always used to... When I was young, and remember banks used to open at 10, people might find this... Extraordinary. Banks used to open at 10 o'clock in the morning and close at 3. Now, if you're in a business where you stand there and accept money, that's all you do, you accept money, why the fuck would you ever close? <laughs> I could never work that out. And, and now... Yeah. Go on. I was going to say, and if you remember, they never opened on a Saturday and they closed early on a Friday. Yeah, I mean, it's just, they've always been ridiculous. And now they've got acres of, of um, floor space. And I was speaking to, I, I banked with Chase, and I was speaking to my, um, to Big Branch, and uh, I was speaking to the manager, and I said to him, how many people under 35 come into this bank? And he said, oh, we'd probably only get four or five a, a, a week. And you go, hang on. <laughs> you've got this enormous floor space for, and you know, seven teller windows of which only one is used, and nobody under 35 is coming in the place. You'd, you'd, sit, no. you'd have to sit there and think, well, you know, maybe we need to change this model. <laughs> well, well, let me tell you, tell you something funny uh, with that. Um, in Sweden, I bank with Handles Banking, and they don't accept cash at the bank and they don't give you cash at the bank. You actually have to go to a, a third party um, a money handling company not associated with the bank to be able to get cash. 
Okay. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So the, 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 bank, the banks are sort of lost. You know, I mean, yeah. let, let's face it, here, here they are on, on currency transactions. They're wanting to charge you 7%. The answer is why? Um, the, the problem is with Bitcoin or the benefit of Bitcoin and Ethereum is that um, uh, transnational transactions can be done with them at little or no cost, yes. a, a very modest cost, yes. and you can pay, pay on the other end or, or if you need to co- collect um, ca- cash in the currency of, 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 of the country you went to, you can do that too. Yep. I, I think that um, this is where their business model will come very much undone because they, they're so used to collecting soft money yes. that when all that soft money disappears, what do they do? Well, it's going to it's going to screw them up in that they um, you know they require that soft money coming in the door so they can fund mortgages and all that sort of stuff where they make a lot of money. Um, and if that soft money stops coming in, the mortgages dry up, and you'll have all these the companies that are springing up everywhere now that deal direct between the investor and the um, the borrower. So. There's no Correct. need to and go to the banks for their bullshit home loans. And, and, and that's why one of the products we're wanting to develop is, um, is the ability for someone to um, take, for example, invest $10,000, euros, pounds, whatever, into someone's mortgage. So a mortgage might be one or 200000 So you get 10 or 20 people. And, and by having the blockchain there, you're able to clearly identify who belongs to what piece. Yep. And indeed, they ultimately, if they want to transfer that to someone, could sell it to someone or transfer it to get money. Yes. So all of, so that I think that this is where the banks will lose out because their, their current model of, of achieving soft money will just go away. And, yep. um, okay. and then, you've got, then you've got to look at their risk profile. They're, they're, they've got traders... Um, uh, making contracts between other traders that are not able, to, not recorded, uh, that is the risk, is not recorded on their books. And we, we've seen the inherent problems in, in France and, and other places where the traders have lost billions and no one knew that they actually had billions of exposure. Yeah. Uh, again, blockchain can solve all of those types of problems as well. And so, I think the, the other thing the banks got, got have got going against them is, you know, the public does not trust them. Um, I think that the um, GFC showed everybody that, you know, all these financial institutions are all tarred with the same brush and they suck. Um, why is Ethereum such an important development? Well, Ethereum um, is, is, is the most important development because it actually captured... All, all of the issues that needed to be captured to, to make blockchain what it was supposed to be. Yep. Um, the, the original version was basically written to cater for the issuance and trading of Bitcoin, whereas Ethereum's uh, development is, is able to be able to develop contracts um, and products. So in other words, you're only limited by the thought of, of what you can do with it. Um, and and there are still some issues that even the the developers uh, have realised and they've produced papers that they uh, those are things and they're they're remedying those particular things. But um, overall, 
Um, Ethereum allows not just cryptocurrency, that's their Ether product, sure. but it allows for all the types of things that we've spoken about here to be able to be handled, share issuance, transfers, um, products, uh, transfers, even, even for example, you know, if you, if you look at the, currently what happens in, in, in China with uh, online currencies because um, no one can really uh, accept the trust of um, both the supplier and the payer, um, there is a, a, a middle, middle place where the money gets sent and then when the goods turn up, um, that people have to ring and um, uh, give approval for the money to be released. That itself is open to some level of mis- misuse, yep. but um, th- that's how they're getting over the trust. Well, this uh, has the ability to be able to, to build and close the trust. We've seen, you know, wh- why is Amazon so successful? As you put in, in your recent blog, um, it's successful because people trust it. Yes. And um, I think that um, that's a good thing. And, I, I, and as we're seeing more and more opportunities in this type of uh, economy, the, the sharing economy, um, trust becomes the key issue. Um, uh, trust in terms of, you, you mentioned in your blog about the identification of, 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 of people. Well, this, this is an issue. I mean, so uh, a theft of identity is becoming a real issue around the globe. Uh, and in, in the case of you, We've seen it now in several places, sadly, is, is who is entering the country and for what purpose. Right. Uh, and uh, there's many commentary that no one knows who they are. Well, uh, you can build solutions, and I believe solutions will be built and governments will come together to participate in that to be able to identify um, people. Um, you've got, for example, um, things like... Um, uh, 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 products. So, so the counterfeiting of, um, well, let's just take you know, Gucci bags, or, or uh, 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 for example, um, that that could be overcome by having um, some form of serial number embedded in yeah. in the bag, and and the blockchain could then track that bag forever and a day. Um, you know, diamonds already have the serial numbers sure. embedded in, but you you can't track them. But with blockchain, you would be able to, to track them. So again, there's going to be op- opportunities for, for all sorts of things to, to bring trust that you can bridge across borders. I had not thought of immigration as an application for blockchain, but that is a fantastic application when you think it through a bit. That is really, that would solve all of the issues, this whole thing of lining up forever at, at um, immigration and having people endlessly stamp things mindlessly. Um, I mean, it's all nonsense. It's all its all cosmetic or most of it's cosmetic. Um, but, um, yeah, blockchain would really change that whole thing. That's a great application. It gives you something that you can develop a, a verifiable set of, um, circumstances, um, and that um, by the use of um, you know one of one of them, either your finger or your eye, um, you could then uh, you know the, the the officer at the gate could see everything there is to know about the person that's standing in front of them, no matter with, where they're from, and with total transparency between every nation, and not only Correct. immediate, uh, not only um, real transparency, it would be real time transparency. 
Correct. And again, best part, can't be modified, can't be changed, can't yep. be, can't be, can't be, all of those things. Yeah, that's so if someone's getting, If someone's standing in front of you and you get a blank screen, well, you know you've got a problem. So how does, um, how does blockchain fit in with um, the Internet of Things? How does it fit in with your, um, your toaster well, that well, <laughs> reports back to somebody? The, the problem with the toaster and the fridge and the, and the security system and, and all those things, they can be hacked. Yep. And, and the, 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 the difficulty is where was it hacked from? But if you, if you had a structure where they, the, 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 the toaster information was built into to a blockchain, then if someone did try to hack it, and of course that will happen, yep. at least you'd be able to find out exactly where it came from. Yeah. Um, and 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 perhaps uh, altogether with, without knowing, and I'm not not the expert there, but you you might well be able to stop it from working at all. Um, and and certainly all sorts of issues. But the Internet of Things is growing. There's there's going to be um, more and more and more um, devices attached to the internet, and that. Those devices then allow everybody to enter your house and everybody to steal your information. Yep. So the blockchain, blockchain gives you the opportunity to um, develop a, a program that allows for that not to occur. And so therefore, it gives you, uh, you know, uh, trust in, in, your, in your security. And, and these, these particular issues, I think this is the real thing. And I, I think, however, for... A small company like ours to undertake some of those developments bit too bit too hard. You need to very much. I think once you once you've um, developed some of these applications, I think then um, it's not about you being a small company. It's about you being able to license that or have other people. I mean, I know quite a few people that are in companies that are involved in the Internet of Things and, and none of them have thought of, of blockchain. They're all they're all trying to work out how to, um, well, security's one problem, but when you've got a toaster that costs $39.99, the ability to put in enough security so that it can't be hacked or whatever is just beyond beyond a the size of the piece and and secondly the price so but the beauty about blockchain is that because it's not physically in the unit i mean you've got a a piece in the unit but um then you don't have those issues that's right the, the internet application which they've already got there is in the unit the rest of it is outside that's right and, and i think that I, I, well, you've just given me a couple of ideas. I think we, we might have to hire you to help me um, expand the business. Well, I am available. <laughs> well, that's good. I, I, I like that. So, um, and, and at least, least um, uh, well, I've seen from the, the work you just uh, put out on, on, on blogs, uh, you, you're certainly into this product, and, uh, uh, and, and I believe that um, the world will, will quickly, the world will quickly, come to understand this is something very, very new, but something the world needs to have. And I think more and more resources will be applied to delivering um, the future of this particular idea. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. Um, so how is blockchain going to 
what are the what are the major changes that are going to occur? Firstly, in the short term, and secondly, in the longer short term, I mean, <laughs> a couple of years, and long term, um, five to ten. What are what are the major ways that blockchain is going to change the business um, environment? Well, I think that the we're going to see. Um, developments of things that are are easy to do in in the short term, um, and they're transi- transactional um, types of, of things. Um, and the more complicated issues um, for larger transactions will, will will take a little bit of time, as and not necessarily the time to develop the the, the underlying software, but the the time to take for. for for example, banks or for to adapt. Large, large, large business to change, but to be satisfied that they can't be hacked or they can't be broken, and uh, and we'll see that, for example, in in the in the delivery of, uh, uh, of for example, of, of pharmaceuticals um, to the 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 transaction of um, of, of monies between A and B. Um, the, 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 the transactions of shares, perhaps, but um, it'll become easier because even DT, uh, DTCC in the, in, the, in the US, the Australian Stock Exchange, and others are all working together to understand blockchain in relation to the issuance and transfer of, of shares. So yeah. I think within within a year or so, um, that will, will actually be there. Um, the debt obligations for property, I think that um, in certain countries will take longer, in others will, will, will be quick. For example, in, in Sweden, um, besides the mortgage um, that you can get from a, from a bank, uh, an individual householder or, or property owner could issue, um, and I excuse my Swedish because I don't speak Swedish, um, it's called a pandagriff, but essentially it's a uh, a court-approved instrument that says um, Mary Smith owns X percentage of, of a debt secured by the underlying property, mm. um, and that's why we're going to use this. That we're going to use there as a means of being. I've, I have a client who who is um, has properties in Sweden, and we're going to use that system to actually explore the development of of how you actually handle um, debt obligations between individuals in small quantities with not using the bank as an intermediary but doing direct transactions. So ultimately, I think that will become a very large business, but there you'll have to have um, government legislation in many places to allow that to occur. I, th- I think the, the, the big things from, from the things that we were looking at uh, that um, would be personal identification, personal security, um, that, that will take a bit longer, again, because you're going to have to harmonise that around the world. But um, I think, and, and you only have to look in, in the US at how difficult that is, where in, in, the, in the registration of electoral um, um, uh, voters, yeah. rather, yeah. <laughs> you need certain types of information, which in some states... They don't issue. So, excuse me. So, I think that, um, that that will be a very long time. But some countries um, will be early adopters, and and I think that we will see them force others to 
by excluding their citizens' access if they don't have these systems in place. Yeah. Philip, I think we agree that the um, opportunities for blockchain are virtually limitless. Um, We've come to the end of our time, unfortunately, but I think um, I've just written a note saying have this guy on again. so, Philip, thanks very much for joining me on the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. I really appreciate it. So, <coughs> if people wanted to get in touch with you, how, how do they do that? If they'll find out more about the IoT Chain Corporation, how do they do that? Um, well, we, we could, um, if, if on your uh, website, I'll, we'll happily post a, um, a, an email address if, if that's convenient. Okay, that'd be, that'd be terrific. I'll be back with more of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show on Voice America Business Channel right after this short break. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Straight Talking. Absolutely no bullshit business radio show on Voice America Business Channel. The number one global business radio show for entrepreneurs. And today we're broadcasting from the wonderful ARIA hotel and casino in Las Vegas on the Strip. It was about 110 degrees today. It was very hot, but uh, this is a great town, great shows. Now, this show is all about entrepreneurs, and we love to salute those who give back to the community, and today I want to applaud a nine-year-old. These kids are extraordinary today. Chloe Thompson from Southern California, and on the way to school, she'd walk past a number of the same homeless people all the time on her way to school, so she asked her mum what she could do to help them, and they came up with a plan. Chloe launched her own charity initiative, which is called Chloe Cares. Now, bearing in mind, she's nine, and um, she hands out bags filled with important items to the homeless women she sees around town. She stuffs these bags with items like deodorant, soap, lotion, feminine products and socks. And now Chloe's care bags are helping many of the most vulnerable residents in Southern California. The care bags aren't just your average plastic pouches or Ziplocs. With the help from a grandma... Chloe personally sews every bag. She wanted each woman to have a sturdy bag that they can have and use to put their things in forever. Now, in a country grappling to curb a high rate of homelessness, every one of Chloe's bags is making a difference. Now, Chloe's compassion has been contagious amongst her classmates as well, and they've all pitched in to help the cause. In fact, Chloe's been invited next week to make a speech in front of her whole school. The Chloe care bags are just a sort of something special. Chloe wants to grow her charity work 
to have an even bigger reach. Although it's still in the planning stages, Chloe's hoping to throw a big event this summer that will provide toys to homeless kids living in shelters. On a website, now, just bear in mind, this kid's just barely nine years old. Chloe wrote, no dream is too big or too small. I want to inspire other kids to be great and make their mark on this earth. I reckon that's incredible. So keep up the incredible work, Chloe. You're changing lives every day. And here at the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, we salute you. Chloe, you are a superstar. Former Barclays CEO, Anthony Jenkins, thinks technology could undermine a fundamental principle of banking and completely transform the banking landscape. When you think about... um, Maturity transformation, you know, the, bank, the bank's got to take in short-term deposits to be able to lend it out long-term in, um, in loans such as mortgages. And this is central to how banks make their money. Well, predictions are that um, that's going to stop. And there's going to be deep cuts to branch numbers, cutting banking staff, more automation, a lot more bank failure and power shifting to the consumer. So that's without blockchain bringing a giant wrecking ball and really demolishing banks. So two weeks ago, I launched my new website and I look forward to your feedback. Just go to bobpritchard.com. Give it to me straight. If you think it sucks, tell me. If you love it, give me rapturous rap. Rapturous applause and send valuable gifts. That'd be great. So just go to um, bobpritchard.com. A lot of people have asked me if the landing page photo was Photoshopped. The answer to that is no. But I did use Maurice Rinaldi, one of the world's best photographers, to take the photo. And a brilliant photo, I think it is, too. And you can, um, if you want some of the best photos on the planet, Maurice's details are on the website. In the meanwhile, remember, if you're not really pushing the envelope, not really living on the edge, then you're just taking up way too much space. Get out of the way unless somebody who wants to succeed go charging through. It's easier and much, much more rewarding to do the impossible than it is to do the ordinary. This is Bob Pritchard, and I look forward to your company again next week when I will again be back in Los Angeles in our studio on Hollywood Boulevard, where technology meets entertainment. You've been listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Please join us again next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, enjoy another week of success in your business and your life.